glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. We're back, guys. We're, we're we're finally back. It's been it's been a little bit here since uh, me and Dennis have been together. Uh, we had uh, we're supposed to have an episode on Monday, as I talked about in the episode uh, last week, but I uh, had some work stuff come up, so we pushed it off till today. Excited to be back and recording. We don't have a, a huge episode for you guys today. We're just going to do a little bit of housekeeping on the Listener League, and then we will be talking uh, some trades, and then a lot about the rookie draft season. Kind of just going over the guys. Me and Dennis have been getting where we've been getting them to give you guys an idea still of, of who we're really liking throughout this draft process and who we're able to get late. So, Dennis, how have we been doing lately? No, I have been doing fantastic. Uh, it's Little League season, and so my eight-year-old is playing. And I got to say, it's like the 27 Yankees of eight-year-olds out there, man. These kids are crushing it. They're, they've won their three games so far by a combined 54 to 12. Wow. So with that... I know. My son played for my oldest has had really only played one year. He just doesn't. I mean, I, I'm sure you can imagine. In, in Texas, it's just ungodly hot all the time. My son just does not like being out there, and I understand that because I don't like being outside, even when it's like 90 degrees outside. Uh, so they really kind of moved him around and everything. Does your son play a certain position, or are they kind of they same thing? He kind of moves around all over the diamond. They they move them around all over the diamond, but it's it's the last year of coach pitch, and so his he tends to perform best, honestly, for as big as he is and not being terribly mobile. He's a pretty good second baseman. Uh huh. Um, but he's also last game he really shined at first base. He played there. Uh, outfield, he's he's pretty good. He's got a decent arm, and he knows how to hit the cutoff man. Right. I think as he continues to grow into his, uh, oh, what's a good word for it? His his agility and gets a little more comfortable with uh, his body movements and stuff. You know, he strikes me as a, he's going to be a corner outfielder, first baseman type of kid. There you go. But uh, he's had a he's he's uh, if we can get him to straighten it out, he's jerked a couple down the left field line that have been some pretty sweet hits. Very nice. Uh, but you just got to straighten it out a little bit. It was pretty pretty exciting for me as a dad to hear the other coach when he came up the next time telling his team, you guys got to move back. Move <laughs> back. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> He's <man>. a slugger. <laughs> yeah, chicks dig the long ball. They still do. That, they still do. That's right. Daddy wants to retire. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Man, do I ever hear you on that side. So, uh, a couple news items that we really have not got a chance to touch on that happened actually back when we recorded with Bob, but we really wanted to dedicate the whole episodes to him, that consistency guide, which we're still very, you know, uh, you know, I'm still extremely excited that we were able to get him on here and talk. I thought it was great episodes and he gave a lot of great information. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. 
but the Seattle Seahawks uh, let go of Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor. I thought it was a very classy move by the Seattle Seahawks. I know uh, for a lot of people who didn't really look into it, the reason that the Seahawks cut them was so that they could both keep their roster, I believe it was their signing bonuses, because if they failed the physicals before that, uh, they would. the Seahawks could come after them and get the money, so they cut them instead, allowed them to keep all their money. Chances are neither one will ever play again. Doug Baldwin really dealing with some serious knee issues, and Cam Chancellor, that neck. Uh, two guys who were pivotal in the Seattle Seahawks kind of Super Bowl runs there. Uh, still a good team, but they were a phenomenal team back then with the Legion of Boom. Uh, I personally have loved watching Doug Baldwin play all these years. A uh, uh, tough, gritty guy that nobody expected to to be a good NFL player, kind of came out of nowhere from Stanford and really was a great wide receiver uh, for a long time, especially in fantasy. And then obviously Cam Chancellor, one of the best defensive players I've ever seen, dropped some of the biggest hits on players that I've ever watched. And a lot of people really like to credit uh, Richard Sherman back in those Seattle Legion of Boom days, but I think it was more Chancellor and Earl Thomas. I believe actually Earl Thomas... Uh, broke his leg one time just running into Cam Chancellor. I believe that's who it was. That's how stacked Cam Chancellor was. So it's, it's you know sad to see those guys go. A little bit of an end of an era there in Seattle, but uh, we did want to touch on that. you have any thoughts on, on Doug and Cam uh, kind of leaving the game now? Well, I definitely think there's merit to getting out of the game while you still have functionality. And, and they're both coming off of injuries you know, Doug will end up having knee issues for the rest of his life. Cam, I think he was his was a neck injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, his was a neck. I believe he's been dealing with it for the past two seasons. I don't think he played it all the year before either. Or if he did, he played for a little bit and then went on. Um, goodness, I can't remember what it's called now. The, the pup uh, list or the yeah, because I, I've got a baseball. As you were talking about baseball, I've got the injured list stuck in my head, and that's baseball's version yeah. of the, the f- of that. physically unable to perform. But yeah, he, he got put on something and pretty much sat out the whole year. I believe he had another surgery. So his is, at least in my opinion, a little bit more serious than Doug's with the next stuff compared to, to Doug having the knee issues. Yeah, and, you know, I think the best thing you can hope for when you play a sport that, that is as physical as football is to be able to go into your sunset years um, with a with – your health, whether it's your legs, your back, you want to be able to to have a comfortable life the rest of your life. Football is an exciting sport, and it really is, is something that gets your competitive juices flowing. If it didn't, you wouldn't, you know, fantasy football gets our competitive juices flowing because, let's face it, we're, we're just not the kind of athlete that can play football <laughs> or yeah. basketball or baseball. So getting getting their health back and hopefully they were smart enough with their money that they'll be able to move on to the next part of their life and do, you know, like Magic Johnson did and start in business or do um, go in, go into philanthropy, do things like that and just keep moving forward and mentoring people and, and being uh, strong societal contributors and really make a difference with the platform they've been given. I, I see a lot of it here in Columbus with a lot of former Buckeyes, Roy Hall, uh, Ryan Miller, and Mike Vrabel. Um, these guys have created some foundations that do things regarding, uh, you know, 
uh, mentoring of youth and uh, literacy, uh, and, and it's really good to see them continuing to give back to their communities, and, and I would expect that Chancellor and Baldwin will continue to, to do that same thing. Yeah, yeah, I know Doug has been really big on all that stuff. Uh, he's been a very vocal voice in the NFL community for a while now, does a lot of stuff off the field. I know he was kind of one of the strong voices back um when there was, you know, I don't want to go too political or anything like that in, in college, but when there was a lot of the uh, stuff going on with, um, you know, African Americans getting killed by policemen and everything, and the NFL kind of did that whole thing with the owners and players meeting with uh, police officers and stuff, Doug Baldwin was one of the big proponents of that. He's been very big on a lot of stuff like that. Uh, so he's he's been very ad- admired, I know, talked about very highly through a lot of people for what he does off the field. Uh, so hopefully he can find some, you know, great greatness in that. I don't uh, – I imagine for both of them it's not easy to walk away from the game, but I agree with you. I think it's good if they can walk, walk away with some kind of health uh, and, and, and good standing compared to the way other players may end up leaving the field. So it, it's good for them that way. Uh, I really wanted to – we haven't really had a chance to to speak. Uh, I just wanted to see – first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who reached out to to me about the Bob Lung episodes and his consistency guide. We had, we had quite a number of people purchase the guides and send them to me and Dennis. We really appreciate that, guys. It uh, you know helps us look good as well that we're helping people out that we get on the podcast. I mean, Bob is, is more well-known than me. I uh, imagine Dennis is up there in that air now, especially he is now part of the the FSWA like Bob is. So, and with everything he's been doing with Dynasty Nerds, but um, we appreciate everything doing uh, again, Bob. Thank you so much for coming on. If you listen to this, we really do appreciate it. And uh, with that being said, we're going to jump in and talk about the Listener League. So we were supposed to do this Monday, like I said, and I do apologize about that. Uh, but we actually have two people who have already secured spots into the league. One of them is a, a very avid fan of the show and they were picked at random based on not based on what they said in the rate and review but we put everybody kind of in a, a little thing gave them a number into a machine and one of the people were picked out uh it's someone that is uh always talking to uh dennis on twitter as he let me know and uh, he will be getting it so i'm sure he's excited to to know dennis will announce him here in a minute the other listener who won uh, getting in the league by purchasing one of Bob Lung's guides. Uh, Again, we did that by randomization as well. Uh, And we have reached out to Bob, and I'm going to have him announce that winner later tonight on Twitter. So once that happens, we'll reach out to the two of you and get you guys into a a Twitter group chat so that you can be in a chat with me and Dennis as we continue to fill up the league. And once that happens, we'll move on from there. Uh, We did want to kind of give you guys a a little bit of thoughts on what we're thinking right now. But uh, as we just kind of talked a little bit before we started recording, we are going to let most of this stuff be decided uh, by the league on how we're going to run it, rules and all that other stuff, because we want it to be a, a fun experience for all of us, not just me and Dennis, but the listeners involved as well. So again, we're thinking um, right now, actually, we might end up moving the league to Sleeper or Flea Flicker because it allows you IDP options because we are thinking about doing some IDP two flexes, possibly even super flex. So that's just kind of give you guys an idea of it. Again, it'll be a 12 team league. Um, really, really, 
excited about the shirts that I talked about in the last episode. We're getting very close to getting those done. Uh, once me and Dennis kind of decide which ones we want to go with, uh, we will reach out to every every winner that gets in the league. I will reach out to you, or Dennis will reach out to you to get your shirt size. Um, and if we end up having more than one style of shirt, we'll let you pick which one you want, uh, and then those will be sent to you guys as well for getting into the league. Again, we really appreciate all the uh, the excitement and, and everybody kind of reaching out to us and wanting to get in. So, with all that being said, Dennis, reach out or reach out let us know who won for that and also you have uh, a little bit of information on how you can possibly get into the league with next monday's show and a special guest so go ahead and let us know how that happens all right so this uh since the podcast has come out there's there's been one listener so i actually have have two people um, so we'll we'll do three tonight. I'm gonna throw a curveball. We have one that's been okay. very active with the with the the podcast. Talks to you know always involved with Matt and I. Conversations with both of us about his leagues. I, I feel like we we might be his personal <laughs> fantasy football advisory board. Uh, he, he he's very engaging. Uh, loves to trade. Uh, he's always seems to be working a trade and wanting feedback on, on what he should do. And uh, I, I don't think, given that this person has been one of our, our probably our longest established and most engaged listener, I don't know that we, we could really do a listener league without him. I think it would be a shame. And so uh, that listener is Jonathan Weber. Yeah. Let me get Jonathan's uh, handle here. Uh, I got it. If, if, just, you, if you want me to uh, what, What's his hit? You got it handy? Yeah, it is at JonathanWeber82. And congrats, buddy. You know, I'm, I'm excited to get you in here. It's going to be it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. And, and Dennis is right. He's, you know, not just trades, but uh, everything. I, I imagine he does the same thing to you. He reaches out to me all the time and talks about how much he enjoys listening to this episode or something that happened that he found funny or interesting so and and we love it I, I i do especially i love when people reach out um and just talk about how much they like the show or this and that even if there's something you don't like about the show that you think me and dennis kid could work on or something you want to see us do differently we love that too because we're, we're here for you guys you guys listening is the reason that we do this if it was nobody listening i don't know if we would continue to do it maybe we would i don't know but i'm we, pretty narcissistic yeah. i might do it if nobody <laughs> I was listens. Say, i would too and then just lie and say yeah <laughs> we've got like a million followers so but yeah we uh you know it, it really I, for me it, it means a lot especially uh, i know something dennis you and bob touched on on the last episode that uh, i didn't really say anything on but uh you know jonathan talked about you know we we've been discussing and talking really since as you said the show started even back before i was able to get you on regularly and it was just me doing them by myself because of the way uh that the end of the season was kind of falling and recording times and everything uh, and he would talk to me all the time asking me this and that and then you know he let me know hey I finished this high in my league and it was thanks to you like that means a lot it means the world to us to know that we can help people like that because you know not all of our teams are that good and it just feels better helping other people out so we really appreciate him reaching out and everything so Jonathan I, I just want to let you know in case I've never told you I really do appreciate everything uh, I know you you get worried sometimes that you, you're sending us too many stuff don't ever worry about it man if it I, I promise you, you will never be uh, put in the back seat. I don't mind replying to any of you guys. And that includes everybody else that sent us stuff, too, not just Jonathan. But since he's the one who got in, I'm going to go ahead and call him out. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Jonathan asks some really interesting questions sometimes, and it makes me have to think. Yeah. Uh, it makes, makes me have to do some research and really determine what would I do. Uh, you know, and there are times where I'm like, man, you're, you're just overthinking it. Let's let's pull back. It's a week before your rookie draft. Maybe hold off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really, no, I'm really saying that, Jonathan. It's a week before your rookie draft. Hold off. You don't need to make any more trades. No, just kidding. All right. And then the second one. Uh, Matt, you'll need to insert some drum rolls here. All right. Uh, so the the second one, you know, we went through, uh, you know, we, we've asked for some reviews and some ratings, and we've gotten some. Um, and this person sent me their review. Uh, and when we put everything in the hopper and we pulled out the, uh, the name – uh, you know, I wish uh, I had been thoughtful enough to uh, ask what his first name is because I just have the initial. Um, and it, but it wouldn't really be a surprise then, I guess, if I had reached out <laughs> to get the name. But it is R. Wilson, and he's at Wilson27 on Twitter. Wilson! 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 Uh, and just just so that uh, uh, I can thank him properly, so his review says, Roundtable for all, exclamation point. Just discovered you guys, and I'm so glad I did. A great crew for talking about all the X's and O's to help you win your league. Fun stats and facts that will keep you addicted to come back for more fun. Thanks so much for all your hard work and dedication. Uh, and making this a premium podcast. So, uh, Wilson27, we appreciate you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you in the league as well. Hey, are we going to, is this going to be a money league, Matt? Because I've got some stuff I need to buy. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like <laughs> I said, we'll, uh, we'll, let, let's, we'll leave all that stuff up to the listeners. Like I said, I did, uh, I know I did say at the beginning that we wouldn't, we would make it free. So, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody out or anything like that. So we'll, we'll all talk about that once we get the league settled up, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later, uh, as uh, we, we've got some things in the hopper right now, trying to decide how else we're going to get people in here. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him to come in as well, Wilson, and and thank you so much for, uh, for the the kind review. Like I said, even if it was a Luckily, we haven't had any bad reviews yet, but eventually I know they'll come. Uh, but we really do appreciate all the – I mean, I was going through them earlier when we were talking about some of them, and we've got a lot of great ones, and we really do appreciate it. Yeah, I was kidding about the money one, about about taking their money. That If, if I was to do that, that would mean I would have to start putting out disinformation. <laughs> and and I, I got to be honest, I just don't have the brain for that. Uh, the I, I've got a wife, and I'm completely honest with her about everything because I just don't have the brain power and uh, mental ability to keep up with telling lies. Oh, and I cert- right if I you. can't do it with her, whom I see all the time, I'm <laughs> certainly not going to be able to do that with a bunch of people that follow me for fantasy football information. Yeah. So, you know, it, which leads me to a point. You know, there was a conversation going on, and it, it might have been—we might have been talking about it in one of the chats um, about. Well, I, and I know it was posted on Twitter about what do you do if you're a content creator 
and you got you know people in your leagues are following you and it's do do you try to make deals before you put information out or you, you before you write articles and and you know for me i i made the decision that uh i didn't want to have to work that hard about it <laughs> and so i write my articles and i do my podcasts and i share my opinions if that means that somebody's going to, if I say, well, I like this player uh, in the third round of rookie drafts, and that means somebody's going to make a trade to move up to 211 to get that person because they're pretty sure that if I'm going to take them at 304 if they're there and they want them, well, then so be it. Uh, for, for me, I, I'm not usually just locked in to one player. And and so if I want a player, like Quadri Allison, for instance, uh, I've been all over Quadri Allison. I have him in a bunch of rookie drafts so far. I think I've taken him in three or four different drafts. I, I like the spot he landed in. I like the talent. He's he's not, you know, he's not going to be a bell cow back. He's more Jordan Howard Howard ish, but with better hands, I think. Uh, and so he's going to be one of these guys that's going to get you some tough yards, maybe break off a ten or fifteen or twenty yard run. Uh, in college, he did break off some big runs. But if people hear me, I'm getting him in the late third, early fourth, and they want to trade ahead of me and get him, you know, there's going to be somebody else there that I like. I'm not too worried about that. I'm more, when it comes to creating content, I want to put out the things that I believe in and then let people digest them the way they see it. Because I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't believe in Quadri Allison. And I had a couple people tell me that they've done two or three drafts, and he went undrafted in all their drafts. So so be it. I'm going to put my opinions out there and let it roll. And if people make moves around me, they make moves around me. They're going to make moves around me regardless of whether I put my opinions out there or not. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've never had an issue with it. Like I said, I, you know, this is we're almost on a year of doing this podcast, and uh, I know a lot of my league mates in my home dynasty league listened to me, so they knew how high I was on players last year. They know how high I am on players this year. It's it's part of the business. If you want to succeed in this, you can't lie and say one thing this way and then and then say something other the other way. If that makes sense, like you just kind of have to put yourself out there, and it is what it is. There's going to be moments when you're going to get the players that you want, but then in other leagues, you're not going to be able to because people who do listen to you think that you'll overpay and everything. And sometimes I will. There are some players that I am willing to overpay for. You know, Baker Mayfield. Warmups, not really. But when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Odell Beckham Jr. But those are just because they're also my favorite players. I would have overpaid for Odell years ago before I even was doing the podcast. So I'm right there with you that, uh, you know, I don't think you'll ever have to worry about that on here. We're, we're both very straightforward with who we like, who we don't like, and, and I feel like we both kind of own up uh, to our mistakes as well when we get that wrong, and we're not going to lie about anything because there's just no point. If, if, if we want you guys to continue to come back and listen to us, we need to be honest with you because if we give you guys the right advice and you're going to keep coming back, if I sit here and say, oh, I don't like Quadri Allison, but then I start talking about all my teams on uh, on Twitter and you see all of a sudden I've drafted Quadri Allison in all my drafts, and you're like, well, why didn't he ever talk about that guy? So, you know, we're, we're both, I'm right there with you. I'm in the same boat as you. I agree 100% with what you're saying. All right, so those are the two. Those are the first two listeners. Bob's going to announce the third one later. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, when we tell Bob we need him to announce the third one. Yeah, I have not gotten to that yet, but it will happen tonight, I hope. If not, at some point in time, we'll we'll have him announce that person, and we'll, we'll reach out to you on Twitter, like I said, and get you in the group regardless. So just look out for that. You'll see... I would imagine you'll notice Bob Long tagging you in a tweet, so we, we should be good there. Um, right we on. have uh, It's been brought up through a couple listeners, and I know Dennis actually brought it up to me. I don't think we did it on air, but we talked about it off air, about possibly doing a a listener dynasty league. Um, we've talked about it. We're both open to it, but I think right now the plan is that we'll, we'll try and do that next year. That We might do it this year, but right now we're still kind of working out the kinks on that. Uh, but I do want to let you guys know, I think I had at least three people reach out to me on that. I know, Dennis, you said you had a bunch of people reach out to you uh, about us doing a, a listener dynasty league. Uh, we are more o- we are open to doing that. And uh, once, uh, once everything kind of starts settling down by, uh, with rookie drafts and everything, we'll sit down and seriously look at maybe doing it this year. But I think it'll be, uh, it might be a better option to focus on next year so we can really kind of vet who we're going to put in here because we don't want to just throw people in who may not take it as serious as we do because you know dynasty league we don't you don't want to be replacing owners every year we want to we want to get in some listeners that we we really like and we think will stick around for a long time so that it can be a long running fun league so just to let everybody know we have heard you guys and and we are talking about it and we'll let you guys know as soon as we decide what we're going to do with that so that's all the housekeeping stuff Took a little bit longer than I thought, but let's jump into some actual football talk now. So we got a couple trades uh, through the thing. Two of them, or one of them in a league that we're both in that I just kind of wanted to get your talk on and, and, and talk a little bit on because I think uh, some people overpay for certain players, uh, and really I think the other trade is about that as well. So let's start with uh, with the easy one. We got I got this from CBB Jeff on Twitter. Uh, he said it's a tight end premium league, uh, and he needs to give up Antonio Brown for Hunter Henry. So what does the DTC say, and what do you say, Dennis? Well, holy shit. <laughs> so Antonio Brown straight up for Hunter Henry in a 12-team PPR tight end premium. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. And while Derek Car- Derek Carr might not be Ben Roethlisberger, uh He's certainly not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So Antonio Brown in the dynasty trade calculators coming in at 34.1 points. That's a very respectable score. It shows he's still one of the top wide receivers, still pretty elite. Hunter Henry, you know, I, I suppose the possibility exists that he could break out and move up there with the Ertz and Kittle and and Kelsey, but even in a tight end premium, Hunter Henry is still only twelve points. Wow! All right. Well, I guess it's, that answers it. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm if I have Hunter Henry and somebody offers me Antonio Brown straight up, uh, it it it's got it's going to have to be like a four point per tight end reception or something, something crazy because there's just I. I Henry's 24, Brown is 30, and even if even if Brown only plays two more years, you're still going to get substantially more production out of him uh, than you are going to get out of Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, whatever his name is. I guess that this whole trade's got me kind of drunk here. It's oh, Henry Macro. Hunter. I'm pretty sure that's who we're Henry Henry Hunter. <laughs> For anybody who watches Goodfellas, there you'll get that. Yeah. So, anyways. That one's kind of whack. I, I, 
if I'm if I'm offered Brown, uh, I, I'm giving Henry. I'm hitting that accept button before this dude sobers up. Uh, if I have Brown and I'm offered Henry, I'm likely not going to even respond unless they say, <laughs> "Well, are you going to respond?" And in which case, I'm going to send laughing emojis and all kind of stuff back at them because it's terribly, terribly, terribly lopsided. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is is maybe they do, and I actually have heard a lot of people say that they think Hunter Henry can bounce back and be a top three to five tight end, so maybe that's the reason they're doing it. But even then, I just, unless you're getting something else back with it, maybe a, a middle-tier wide receiver two, I don't see how you could do it because A.B., even though I'm down on A.B., he's still a top 12 wide receiver. I'd imagine he's still probably going to be a top 10 wide receiver. And even in a tight end premium, I don't think he's going to bring back, even if it was closer than what DTC was saying, uh, even if it was say he was in five or six points, I'd probably still go A.B. just because I don't think Hunter Henry has quite the upside that Antonio Brown does. No, certainly not. The next trade we've got here uh, was sent to us by a, a fellow writer at Dynasty Nerds and Brandon Bangley. So I don't know exactly which team he was, but uh, we'll just go with Team 1 gave up Chris Godwin, Kiki Kuti, and then a ton of picks here. So the 2019 1.4, 2019 1.11, and then... We'll just say two first-round picks in 2020 and a second-round pick in 2020s. It has the pick numbers on there, but we don't know where those teams will finish. Um, and he gets back Alvin Kamara, John Ross, and a fourth-round pick in 2019. I know which way I would lean, and that would be the side getting all the picks in Kiki Kuti and Chris Godwin, because I think Chris Godwin, I think everybody and their mother thinks Chris Godwin's going to break out this year. I like Kiki Kuti, and then getting all of those picks in this year, and especially next year's draft, which will be loaded for wide receivers and running backs, to me it seems like a no-brainer, but what does DTC say, and what do you say, Dennis? Well, I say it depends. Am I ready to win? Because if, if I'm if I'm ready to win, yes, it's an overpay, a fairly substantial overpay, uh, probably not as big an overpay as the last trade, um, but, you know, rookie picks are, you know, lottery tickets at, at best, and while the higher the pick, uh, the less risk there is, you know, there are a lot of people that thought Leonard Fournette was going to be Zeke Elliott. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people who thought Josh Doxson and uh, Corey Coleman and Tyler Boyd were all going to be, you know, these uh, game-changing wide receivers when they came out. So there's a lot that can go wrong. Um, Chris Godwin, I think he's good. I don't know if I'm sold on the breakout, and that could be because I'm, I'm a Mike Evans fan, um, and not just because I am team big wide receiver. <laughs> But, you know, Evans has, I, I don't know, other than being up and down with his touchdown production, I don't know how much more you can ask from the guy. He's putting up, you know, 70, 80, 90 catches, 11, 12, 1,300 yards a season right from the get-go, and everybody wants to treat him like, you know, he's Marvin Jones. So I, I struggle a little bit with that. So is there an opportunity for Godwin? There's, there's going to be an opportunity. I, I think Bruce Arians, uh, 
his offense can produce. And, you know, they haven't done anything at running back, which kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be a really pass-heavy offensive scheme. Um, Kiki Kuti, you know, he, he's a rich man's Trey Quinn. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. He, he looked okay. He plays a role. I don't think he's Wes Welker. Uh, I don't think he's Julian Edelman. Um, he's never going to be far enough up the depth chart for me to be anything more than, you know, wide receiver four or five, probably five. Uh, I'm just, he, he's going to be inconsistent and, and that's, you know, that doesn't sell me on anything. So if I think I'm a winner, if I think I got to win, I'm close. I'm going to take the Kamara side. Yeah, it'd be great to have, you know, rookie picks in this vaunted 2020 class. But would I rather draft good running backs next year? Would I rather win the championship this year? And I can tell you 10 out of 10 times, I want to win the championship this year. Yeah, I am with you for the most part on that. I am someone who who constantly talks about to always try and win that year because you never know what's going to happen. I just don't... uh, I think it's more for me. I'm just not as big a believer in Alvin Kamara as a lot of people are. I don't think that uh, you know Mark Ingram leaving is going to boost Alvin Kamara up as much as some people think. He's still going to be a top back, and so I get what you're saying. He, you know, take him, and all of a sudden now you've 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 added a a, a number one back to your team, assuming you have another one or or however your team is structured. I would imagine if you're going for Alvin Kamara now, it's to win. I believe that's what he said as well. And there was to kind of get that final piece to push him over for a championship. So I cannot fault anybody for wanting to do that because I do believe if you have a chance to win a championship, you do it that year. Don't don't build for the future because you never know if there actually will continue to be a future. We we've seen leagues fold all the time, unfortunately. The uh, the last trade here in, involves Alvin Kamara and Kiki Kuti as well, funny enough. Uh, so this is in a league that me and Dennis are both in the back row invitational. Um, so D-Generation X gives up Eli Manning, Alvin Kamara, and Kiki Kuti. And they get back Mitchell Trubisky, Melvin Gordon, Curtis Samuel, and a 2021st draft pick. For me, I think this is... For me, I would I would much rather be the team getting Trubisky and Melvin Gordon. I am not a Melvin Gordon believer, uh, but yet every year he produces and, and proves that he's still a top 5 to 10 back. Even with injuries, he still finishes in the top 10 every year. Adding Curtis Samuel, who I, I, I like. I've said multiple times I think he's going to be a good wide receiver. We had Bob Lung on here actually just the other day talking about he thinks this is the year that Curtis Samuel is going to break out there in Carolina, and it is also going to be his third year in the NFL, which might line up perfectly with the way wide receivers have been right now. And then, of course, Mitchell Trubisky, I would take over Eli Manning and then add in again that first-round pick in 2020, where I do believe it will be a vaunted class of running backs and wide receivers. Uh, I think that's an easy home run for me. But what is uh, what is DTC, and what do you say, Dennis? All right, so to recap, it's Alvin Kamara, Eli Manning, and Kiki Kuti. Yes. For Melvin Gordon, Mitchell Trubisky, Curtis Samuel, and a 2021st. That is correct. So the 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 calculator definitely weights it to uh, the uh, Melvin Gordon side. Yeah. It's almost a virtually even trade really? without the without the draft pick. Oh, okay. 
yeah. with the draft pick, it's more than 16 points difference. <laughs> Yeah. So Gordon is forty-two point seven points versus Kamara's fifteen point two. Not too far off. No, but it evens out with the quarterbacks. Trubisky eight point five, uh, and Man versus Manning's one point one. You know what? I've still got it on twelve team. Hold on. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. It's a little bit. It's a was it fourteen right? Sixteen in oh, the back 16. row. I didn't even. I forgot all about that. It's sixteen team league. I'd imagine that's going to skew it even heavier toward the Mitchell Trubisky side then. Is that super flex? No, it's not. Not okay. super flex. Yeah, it actually does. It bumps it up about 10 points. It yeah. puts Gordon and Kamara almost dead even, only a one-point difference. Uh, Trubisky bumps up to 11 points. Uh, Manning bumps up from 1.1 to 1.3. <laughs> Curtis Samuels, 3.4. Cooties, 2.8. And the rookie pick stays at 16 points. So, really, the bumping, the, the extra points came from Trubisky and Gordon. Um, and honestly, without the pick, I'd have taken the Gordon-Trubisky yeah. side. Uh, Manning does nothing for me. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I think, is going to substantially outperform Kiki Kuti. Uh, and, and that would make up for, I, I feel like, Samuel makes up for any makes up the difference between Kamara and Gordon if yeah. you feel that there's a difference there. Samuel more than makes up for that. Yeah, I agree. I don't. Uh, when I saw that go down the other day, I was just like, well, I don't, I don't like. I thought maybe it was just a they needed Alvin Kamara, but the guy who traded away Alvin Kamara is the huge Saints fan. So I, I personally didn't understand the trade because, again, I'm not a huge Gordon believer. But even for me, I can admit Gordon and Kamara are, are fantasy-wise right there. There's not much that separates them. They're going to finish right around the same thing. I'd imagine you're looking at a separation of anywhere from 10 to 20 points maybe, then, which may be a big deal for a week, but overall fantasy season is not that big a deal. And then, like you were just talking about, add in Mitchell Trubisky, who clearly is going to outproduce Eli Manning. And then I would rather have Curtis Samuel over Kiki Kuti, because uh, I think Curtis Samuel has a better shot at doing something in that offense. Kuti's got to compete with Fuller when he's healthy and Hopkins. So I just, and then to add in the 2021st, I thought was just a ridiculous overpay. Uh, apparently, you and DTC agree. Uh, so yeah, I was just, I've been trying to figure that one out. I hate when I see trades like that go down because I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand what you were thinking. But you know, I guess I, I, I can't complain too much. So. That was, uh, we'll continue to start doing this again. I know we had kind of gotten away from doing the trades and everything. Uh, we'll continue to start doing them now here that we're kind of getting into the, I mean, we can be honest about this. It's going to be a little bit of a dead period here soon because uh, a lot of rookie drafts will be wrapping up and we'll get through them. And then you're kind of looking at mini camps and everything, but not much going on um, until we really start to hit the end of July and and the beginning of August when we can start getting preseason games and everything in. Uh, And that's really when we'll be heavy on rankings. And like I said, I know uh, we've got a couple people that I'd like to bring on then to start talking about redraft and everything. So we've got a a couple weeks here that – We'll be just kind of focused on talking about rankings and different stuff, but uh, we will definitely start to focus on trades a lot more too because that's, that's the fun part of Dynasty. Um, so as I talked about with the rookie drafts, we've been in, in quite a few. I believe I've been in six so far. I've got a bunch more. I've got two starting tomorrow, uh, and I've got three actually next week. But I've been in six so far, um, and I'm just going to kind of give a couple of the players that I've been high on. 
Um, and then I'm going to give it to Dennis and let him talk about kind of who he's gotten and where, and then I'll give my, actually, well, the, the leagues that we're in together, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those. And there's a couple leagues that uh, I know we're separated that I'm not in that you're in. So we'll, we'll do that. So again, guys that, I, I mean, if you listen, you know, I've been high on in Paris Campbell, Miles Sanders, Jay Sternberger, Hakeem Butler, Terry McLaurin, um, I know Preston Williams is a guy that you and Jared turned me on to. Miles Gaskins I've really liked. Um, and then a couple guys that I've really kind of come into here in Dexter Williams who went to Green Bay. I've really started to, to come on kind of high on him. James Williams because of stuff that Jared Wackerly has been putting out on Twitter. Uh, and Dawson Knox actually because of stuff that you have talked about, Dennis. So let's start with we're both in uh, the Dynasty Questions League, which we, we've talked about a couple times and some of the guests that we brought on here in, in Kyle Matthew and Brandon Bangley who are also writers for the Dynasty Nerds. Uh, so talk about that draft, kind of how it went for you and then i'll give what happened in, for me in that draft well the dynasty questions league for me um was very frustrating <laughs> i was at 106 and i wanted to trade up and i was at work when it was coming up my guy was still there at 105 uh the guy in front of me i believe had both uh, the 104 and the 105. Uh, and and so I felt like if my guy was still there, yeah. So he took Sanders at 104, and my guy was still there at 105. Mm-hmm. And I, I was at work, and I was actually in the field, and so I was driving. And so I couldn't text him and message him and say, hey, let's let's talk trade. I'm willing to, you know... I want to move up one. What can we get done? Uh, and he took my guy, which was David Montgomery. At, ah. He took him at 105, which frustrated me to no end. <laughs> and uh, so I sat there at 106 with Montgomery off off the board. And I, I was looking at Paris Campbell and, and Debo Samuel, and, and they're all fine options. Uh, I actually like both of them, and I have both of them in uh, – yeah, I have each of them in other leagues, and uh, I, I. But I was frustrated, and I'm like, I just want to trade back. I'm gonna move, move back. I felt like I could get uh, one of my guys later in the round, whether it's Campbell or or Samuel. I felt like I could move back some. So I ended up trading the the 106 for the 206, and I think a, a future pick, and uh, I don't remember exactly what I traded for it. But I moved back all the way to 206, so completely out of the round, mm-hmm. uh, midway into the next round. My first pick off the board was uh, Justice Hill, and it's the only share of Hill that I have, and uh I'm not. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination sold on the Baltimore offense. Lamar Jackson. I know our guy uh, FF Stompy's all about the Lamar Jackson this year, and yeah. uh, I, I don't see you know the the improvement he's going to have to make in his passing game, and potentially with the additions of Marquise Brown and uh, Miles Boykin. Uh, another year under the belt for Mark Andrews uh, in the addition of uh, Mark Ingram in the running game, there, the, it could happen. He could take a big step, 
but he'd have to take a gargantuan step. Um, so I'm not necessarily sold, but I felt at 206, Hill's game is going to be fairly insulated. He's going to be the change of pace back to Mark Ingram. And while the two of them, I think, can do very similar things, Hill is more athletic and much faster and better in space, catches the ball well. He can run and he can do the inside runs okay, but he doesn't have the same power and strength that uh, Ingram has. So I feel like regardless of what happens in that offense, if he can beat out Kenneth Dixon, he's going to have a role as the offense continues to move forward. I had the 208 uh, also, and because on that team I have Sony Michelle, at 208 I grabbed Damian Harris. I felt like it was a – I'm not necessarily big on handcuffs, but I feel like it could be a situation where they split time to help keep Michelle healthy or maybe Michelle gets dinged up and misses a few games and Harris steps into that role. Maybe Harris threatens the uh, passing game a little bit and, and gets more snaps there, and it becomes uh, – he kind of pushes Burkhead out of the way. You know, and they don't like to use uh, James White until they get to the playoffs anyways, it seems. <laughs> How about you? How'd your first couple of rounds go there? Well, with, with DQL, so I had traded, um, I'll just, uh, I guess, depends on how you want to look at it. I was stupid and also very aggressive when this league first started. I traded away first-round picks like they were going out of style to get a lot of players. Um, and I have a lot of really good studs. The problem was it killed my depth, and that has hurt me. It really hurt me last year because uh, I had suffered some injuries, and I just could not not bounce back from it. You know, it helped me get guys like Odell, Zeke. Um, I think I have Hopkins in that league too. Like I, I really went hard on getting using my picks to and using that capital uh, to get proven players, and I just unfortunately haven't been able to build the depth around them. So my first pick actually was not until 2-5. Uh, and it's a name you're going to hear a lot from me right here in Devin Singletary. And that's just because I, I believe Devin Singletary has a chance uh, to be a very good back in the NFL. And I think he's got a really good shot at getting that back, um, the starting job in the Buffalo backfield. I know there's now talk coming out that Sean McCoy will not be cut or anything like that. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. They're going to be paying him a lot of money. Um, to really do nothing on a team that's not going anywhere. So uh, I like Devin Singletary. I've liked what I've seen out of him. Um, after that, again, I didn't have a third-round pick. I only had a fourth and a fifth. At 4.5, I took Drew Locke uh, just because the only quarterback I have in that league actually is Baker Mayfield. Uh, I have him and Blake Bortles. So I was like, I need to get a quarterback here who has a chance to be a starter in the future. Uh, so I just took Drew Locke, and then I took Dawson Knox at 5.5. Uh, I've got a couple good tight ends in that league, and there really wasn't much else left. I mean, something you can attest to in that league. All these guys know what they're doing, so not a lot of talent falls in that draft and so I just kind of took the best available player for me at that spot and it was Dawson Knox I don't know about that nature boys if he knows what he's doing but <laughs> I mean he no, has a championship kidding. which is I still say my fault because I only lost to him by like four points and it was because I stupidly didn't check my lineup uh, and I had an IDP player that wasn't playing and I had two sitting on my bench that both scored like eight points so I could have won but that's what you get for, really, in all honesty, it's because I'm in way too many leagues and I just forget to check some lineups sometimes. So that's the unfortunate part about being in all the leagues that I'm in. 
Um, so, the, speaking of IDPs, though, yeah. in, in DQL, I went at 304. Uh, I went with Devin White, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know, Devin Bush was gone. Bosa was gone. Uh, we start three IDP flexes in that league. Yeah. And so, you want it, it, it's a tackle heavy league. There's no points premium. So, you get your points from tackles. And so I grabbed Devin White at the uh, 3.04 and followed up my in the fourth round. I had two picks. This is this was my guy territory here. Uh, I've talked I, I, I've been talking all draft season. There's two guys I've targeted and I've got a bunch of shares of both of them. And at 406, I took Quadri Allison. Uh, this was uh, my first. I don't know if it was my first share here or if it was in the back row show where I got my first share because uh, the back row show started on Saturday at noon yeah. before the actual NFL draft was over. Uh, but I got took Quadri Allison at 4.06 and then Preston Williams at 4.12. Yeah, I was mad at you about that Preston Williams pick. I was really yeah. hoping he would come back to me. Man, I feel like if Williams can keep his shit together off the field – he could be the number one receiver on that team by the, you know, week eight, week oh, nine. I'm, I'm right there with you. We talked about it in the mock draft episode with Garrett and Jared. I took him, I think, in the third round in that draft. It, it, I think it was like my first pick in the third round or something like that because that's what I said. I I don't believe in any of the wide receivers they have there. Um, you know, if you're a believer in Josh Rosen, I think again, same thing. If he can keep his, if he can keep himself together and stay on the field, I think they have a one there in Miami, and it's Preston Williams. Yep. So, and I, I finished up with Travion Williams. I like that pick. I, I it, the, it, it, it hurts my heart a little bit to have picked Travion Williams because I love Rodney Anderson. The yeah. season he was healthy, you know, but Anderson was drafted a couple rounds after Travion. There's talk that uh, they might move on from Geo this offseason. I, I definitely think they'll move, Cincinnati moves on from Geo next year. Um, which opens up the spot for Travion to take that complimentary role to Joe Mixon. Uh, Anderson, he could, I, I see him as right now being the direct backup to, to Mixon. Mm-hmm. So he could be uh, a non issue for uh, a year or two. We'll see what happens with the Zach Taylor offense and how they utilize Joe Mixon. You know, he's, he's got that three down ability, great pass catcher, great runner, good blocker. But I feel like Travion at 506 was just too good a value to pass up. Yeah, I agree with you. So let's go to uh, the back row invitational because we're both in that league as well. I'll start it off, and again, as a player, you're going to see that I took a lot and right around this spot too. So I had, I kind of traded around a little bit in this draft, so none of these picks are going to match up pretty much. Uh, at the 1-6, I took Paris Campbell. Again, I'm huge. I'm, I'm very high on Campbell. I think that he is going to be a very good wide receiver there um, in, in Indy. I mean, you guys, again, if you listen to the mock draft episode, I, I took him as the first wide receiver on the, off the board in that draft. I am very high on him. In the second round, at pick 214, I took Terry McLaurin. Uh, in the third round at 315, I took Rodney Anderson. I've talked about him multiple times and thinking that it, even if it's not in Cincinnati. I think if he can stay healthy and is given a shot somewhere, he's going to be really good. At 402, I took Miles Gaskin. Um, and then at 515, a little bit of a homer pick because there wasn't a whole lot of players on the board I liked. I, I went ahead and took Mike Weber. 
What did you do in the back row show, uh, the back row invitational? So in the back row invitational, I did, um, I, I couldn't believe that he fell this far. And I, I do recognize that it's a heavy IDP league. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, we start, what do we start? Nine IDPs in there or something like that? I think it's eight. Is it eight or, I don't know. It's a lot. It, it's more yeah, than, it, more than it needs to be. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's just right. It's just, just right. right. Okay, just right. So I, I thought like, I, I felt like the, the potential for players to drop might be a little bigger and, and some did drop. It, it went, you know, the top four, top five were pretty much what you would have expected with, Jacobs, Kyler Murray, Sanders, Montgomery, Harry, Paris Campbell. Uh, at 14, I was stunned that Debo Samuel was still on the board. Mm-hmm. It was a what-the-heck kind of uh, approach in my eyes. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. He's he's just a baller. He's he's good with the great with the ball in his hands. You know, he's going to step into that slot in uh, San Francisco and provide them with that Julian Edelman safety blanket and the ability to work down the field. Uh, It's going to it's going to be something to watch, I think. At at 203, a guy who kind of became my it was added to the my guy list during the uh, draft season. I ended up sort of looking at him and thinking, I think the opportunity is going to end up uh, really opening up a path because I, I don't, I, I like you believe that Shady McCoy is going to be done in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And while yes, they've got TJ Yeldon and uh, some, some other veteran, Frank Gore, uh, I think Devin Singletary's path, it's, it's going to just open up for him. And he's going to have an opportunity to step into the role there in Buffalo and really grow with that young team with, with Josh Allen, with Robert Foster, um, Zay Jones, I, Dawson Knox. I, I think they're going to have an opportunity to really grow as a young team. And I think Singletary is going to really get his shot. So this was a 16 team league and at 314, so pick 46 was which is essentially the the end of the fourth round in a 12 team league. Uh it was my guy time and I went with Preston Williams. Uh part of that was too that Barkett was picking directly after me and I know he's a big Miami fan. Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't think at 403 that Preston Williams would be there. Uh, again, I, I've already stated that I, I think if he can keep his shit together, he's going to be the guy down there. Yeah. Uh, at 403, I kind of I, I reached a little bit, but I went for a guy that's got three down ability, but he's a small school guy, and. The he signed as an undrafted free agent in Tampa, and they didn't really do anything else. So he's got uh, Peyton Barber and oh, who's that other guy? The forgettable one. Uh, what's his name? Is it Ronald Jones. 
Is that the, yeah, that guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good player. I'm going to break out so, this year. I, I don't think, I, you know, Bruce Anderson, I, I don't know if there's any there, there. But at pick 51, given the depth chart for the running back position, uh, he, he could get an opportunity. He looked really good at the senior bowl. Um, he's got good hands. He's got good size, 6'1", 218, something right around that. Um, and so I think the potential for him, if he just goes in and works hard, he's one of those guys that could be this year's Philip Lindsay, the undrafted free agent that comes in, uh, and surprises and takes the big chunk of the role. You know, there's a lot of people that I think could come in that are coming from nowhere that could take a slice. They could be the passing down guy. They could be the short yardage guy. They could be the first, the, the early down guy. Anderson is somebody that might be able to take on all three facets like Lindsey did and, and really be that UDFA that steps up and takes takes the job. And then at pick 78 at 514, uh, Quadri Allison was still there, and so I took me another share of Quadri Allison. There you, you know, go. I just handed him to me, so <laughs> I, I couldn't help it. All right, well, since we're about to come up against it here, I know there's another league that we're both in, so I kind of want to get your thoughts on this because I really love the way that it was done. So, uh we were in this league last year, the Nerd Herd League. Uh, it's a league for a bunch of the Nerd Herd riders. Um, we ended up switching it up and starting a whole new league based on some certain circumstances. So, um, thank you, by the yeah, way. We everybody. wanted to switch to Superflex. Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody who reached out and congratulated me. I am excited about joining them. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting back into riding. I've taken like a six, seven-month leave of, of riding here based on some certain stuff going on. Uh, so I really appreciate everybody who reached out and thanked me for that. And again, Dennis, thank you so much uh, for helping me kind of get there, giving me a nice little push in the right direction, and 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 sweet talking all the all the right people for me. I really do appreciate it. No so problem. Moving into the nerd herd league, uh, one of the, one of the reasons I like. Liked this league in the draft is so they put the rookie picks in the actual startup draft. So you have to make a pick. You know, when certain times come up on the board, it's do I want to take this proven player? Do I want to take a rookie pick and not know who you're going to get? We did this well in advance of the actual NFL draft, so we had no idea how the picks were going to fall and everything. And I decided I usually go very heavy proven players, try and grab a couple picks here and there. I didn't do that in this one. I, I wanted to try a different strategy, so I ended up taking a bunch of rookie picks. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I took 11 rookie picks in that draft, um, and I'm just going to kind of go over who I took here. Again, you're going to hear a lot of familiar names because I try to stick with a lot of the guys, which could be a good thing, could also be a very bad thing if, if all these players end up not working out because I have a, very, a lot of shares of them. Uh, but at 1-3, I took Miles Sanders. At 1-5, I took Paris Campbell. At 1-12, I took A.J. Brown, who is one of the few people that – or this is one of the few shares I have of him. I actually – though I'm coming around more and more to A.J. Brown in Tennessee. I think that he's going to be good there. You know, a lot of people have been talking about how good Richard Matthews has been there at times, uh, and I think A.J. Brown is a huge step up over Richard Matthews. So I'm actually really starting to like the landing spot there for him. At 2-7, again – 
Yeah. <laughs> at 2-7, I, I took Devin Singletary. Uh, at 3-2, Rodney Anderson. At 3-3, Irv Smith Jr., my only share of him as well. Uh, at 3-5, Terry McLaurin. At 4-0-6, Emmanuel Hall, my only share of him, but I do kind of like the landing spot there in Chicago. I, I think he's going to be the, the much better rookie over uh, Riley Ridley there. At 4-9, I took Caleb Wilson. 4-11, Travion Williams. And then at 5-2, Miles Gaskin. What uh? How did the nerd herd league shape out for you? Well, I took players for the most part. Yeah. Um, I did take the one point oh seven, I believe it was, um, and I only drafted two other picks, which were the three oh eight and the four oh five. No, I actually had the. Yeah, the one seven. I I traded up from the one seven to the one four in the nerd herd. Uh, my guy was there uh, again. It was David Montgomery, and uh, where I wasn't able to pull off the trade up in the DQL league, I did get it taken care of in the nerd herd, and so I drafted David Montgomery. Uh, I love his landing spot, and I, you know, I I think he. When you watch him run and you see his his jump cut and lateral ability and his ability then to get forward with power, yeah, you, you can talk about he doesn't have long speed all day long, but let's talk about what he does. Yeah. He gets through the hole. It doesn't take a big hole. He's shifty. Uh, he makes people miss. You know, He turns two yarders into seven yarders and keeps the game script positive. He catches the ball really well. And... You know, I have Mont- Montgomery is my RB1. Uh, I don't think the volume that he's going to get is going to be that much different than the volume Josh Jacobs gets. And I think he's going to be better with it. I don't think Jacobs is going to. I'm just not sold on Jacobs. Uh, Montgomery has shown he can handle the volume. Jacobs hasn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh you know, I, I liked your pick of A.J. Brown at 112. I think that was exceptional value. He was my wide receiver one going into the draft. Yeah. And while his his draft landing took a, took a hit uh, in Tennessee, uh, I think that it's sort of uh, a situation where Mariota has to put up or shut up. And if he doesn't put up, they're going to put Tannehill in, and Tannehill, I, you know, we saw what Tannehill did with Jarvis Landry. Yeah. And so if that could bode really well for A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown is going to be the best player to play a, across from Corey Davis. Could potentially bode well for Davis as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to have a solid running game. You know, I don't know what it means, how, how it's going to play out in terms of their one-loss record. But gra- grabbing A.J. Brown there is, is uh, I, I think, an underrated pick. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I didn't um, – he was my number one as well. I, I feel like we were, we were kind of lockstep in a lot of our rookie ranks uh, this year. Uh, A.J. Brown was my number one, and he only dropped to four. And that was because – and I feel like you would probably agree with me on all of these. It was Nikhil, Harry, Paris Campbell, and Debo Samuel. 
And, and I mean, I guess you could argue Paris Campbell because I do think he's a little bit more raw compared to A.J. Brown. But Debo Samuel stud in a great landing spot. Nikhil Harry, even though I don't think he's elite, elite, great player, great landing spot. So that was the only reason. And then Paris Campbell was the same thing for me. I thought he landed in the best spot out of everybody. So that's the only reason A.J. Brown dropped down for me. Uh, and like I said, I've really kind of come around to him in Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be quite as bad. Everybody's kind of sounding death knells and, and starting funerals for him and everything. I think A.J. Brown is going to be a lot better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Yeah, I think it, if with everybody being so down on him, go get him. Yeah. get Buy him at a discount. Well, yeah, and that's what it, what you were saying right there with the 112. That's the reason I took him, too. I was like, dude, there's no way that I, I can pass him up at the 12th pick in the first round when he was right there. I mean, again, you could argue him being the 1-1 wide receiver off the board, and he's sitting here at 112. So, yeah, I had to take him. Uh, again, it is a super flex, so we did see some quarterbacks go, but I have, I think, three good quarterbacks in that league. I know I have Baker and Derek Carr for sure, I think, uh, and I'm pretty sure I have somebody else. So I wasn't that worried about taking a quarterback there. Um so that's going to do it for today's episode. However, before we close it out, Dennis, I want you to talk about the next contest. Uh, you set up another special guest for us on Monday. She does a, a special, or not, I shouldn't say special, a really cool thing in the fantasy community. So we want our listeners to do something similar. Um, and we're going to have her judge and pick out our next winner. So let everybody know the next thing they can do to try and get into the listener league. So she doesn't know this yet, so it's just between us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll tell her. So our, our our guest on Monday is big into freestyle rap. So those of you who are, if you follow me at all and you see any of the people in my timeline, you're probably going to figure out who Monday's guest is based on freestyle rap. <laughs> so what we need you to do is send us a, a video of you just just a few bars, a couple bars of what you love about fantasy football or why you're good at fantasy football, some fantasy football-related freestyle rap, and we're going to let her pick the winner out of the submissions. You can DM it to Matt or DM it to me. Uh, shoot it to the to the email it to the, the show email, which is what, fantasyfootballroundtable at yahoo.com. That is correct. Right on. I'm remembering. I'm getting better. <laughs> I didn't even have to have it written down. There you go. But shoot, shoot us just something. It just needs to be quick and short. doesn't need to be long and elaborate. We're not looking for a magnum opus. Yeah. We're just looking for a few lines rapping about fantasy football and, and why we, we want to know why you should be in our listener league. If you want to make it about why you should be in the listener league, that's great. But I'd be perfectly happy if you just rap something about the joys of fantasy football. Agreed. And again, if you guys don't want to send it to us on Twitter in the timelines, you can send it to us in DMs. Uh, the only people who will see it, I promise, will be me, Dennis, and then and then her, because we'll send them to her so she can decide who she likes the most to pick out um, as a special guest. And we're looking forward to having her on uh, due to this being, I believe... Dennis told me this is her first year really doing Dynasty, so we'll do some more Dynasty talk, uh, some more rookie draft talks and everything, kind of get her perspective on some of these rookies as well, uh, and that'll be all set up for Monday's show. Uh, so, Dennis, again, thank you so much for joining me today and talking all this. Let everybody know where we can find you. I mean, imagine they know by now, but we're still going to do it, where they can find you on Twitter and what you have coming down uh, the pipe for the Nerd Herd. Well, I am uh, at culture underscore coach on Twitter. Uh, 
you can find me there. Shoot me some DMs. Hop up all up in my mentions. I'll be more than happy to converse about fantasy football. Uh, I am working on an article series, an eight-part series down, down in Dynasty column on deep stashes by conference. So that'll be coming out. I'm actually working on the first conference right now. So it'll be coming out soon uh, on DynastyNerds.com. If you haven't got into the Nerd Herd, uh, you should go check it out. There's all kinds of cool stuff coming. Uh, I, I'm doing the standard rankings there, me and a few other people. If you're in the Nerd Herd, you can, nerd herd, you can go to the rankings. You can select. We've got everything. for We, we have uh, IDP integrated, meaning you can see IDP rankings with offensive rankings to determine, hey, if I'm doing an IDP draft, where should I start looking to take IDP players within my draft? You can sort. You can sort by the individual ranker. You can sort by the consensus. Uh, we have standard IDP, uh, PPR, super flex, rookie rankings. Uh, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Being released here in a week or so is the uh, buy-sell tool. It's going to be a consensus of all of the writers for Dynasty Nerds. We've went through and ranked literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fantasy football players on whether we think they're a buy, a sell, a cut, a hold. Uh, you got to have this guy on your team no matter what, and that's going to be rolling out. So we're pretty stoked about that. Rich and Matt and Garrett are really firing it up over there, and it's starting to hit on all cylinders. Uh, and then there's just a, a, a ton of uh, written content coming out. We've added some fantastic new writers, uh, including Matt. Uh, he's a great writer, and I look forward to your debut article on Dynasty Nerds. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I've, I've been talking to Rich a little bit here and there, and I'm looking forward to getting started. So it should be a lot of fun. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, give us a, a rate, review, and subscribe whenever you guys get a moment. I swear it only takes a couple seconds, and it really does mean a lot to us. Uh, we really would appre- we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll get back into the, the giveaways and everything here soon once all the rookie draft stuff kind of wraps up. Uh, we'll get more into that, possibly giving away some of the – the round table shirts are back into some uh, stuff from, I can't even remember who we were doing it from now. So, But it'll be from those guys again, I promise you that, once I can remember who it is. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. And, Dennis, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone. Touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.